Hey, this is Ashlyn Beagley, and you are listening to All My Life, a podcast all about what it really means to follow Jesus and make disciples. Because once we have encountered the living God and been set free from our sin, everything else radically shifts for all of our life. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I'm sitting on my bed right now in my apartment just talking to you guys. And if the sound isn't great and you hear an occasional car out my window, it's because my options for recording here in Stillwater are not as great as my options back home. But we are making it work, Um, finishing up some stuff for the podcast, uh, uh, last few episodes um, before I... I am a full-time student again and really just diving into into the semester. And so today, I really wanted to talk to you guys about feeling overwhelmed and feeling unequipped because I really um, did want to use this time um, as I was getting back to the podcast to talk about a lot of different things that the Lord taught me over this last semester and some of the big lessons that he taught me came from me feeling overwhelmed or came from me feeling unequipped and how he taught me to battle those feelings and the truth that he gave me um, and the reminders that he gave me with that. And so I just want to say that I understand what it feels like to feel unequipped for ministry or for your dreams or for whatever the Lord is calling you to do. I know what it is like to have a plate so full that every little thing begins to feel overwhelming and yet at the same time resting would make me feel guilty a lot of the times. I know the feeling of anxiousness that comes from just sitting and thinking and thinking and thinking about what other people might be thinking of something that you're doing for ministry or for the Lord or something that you're pursuing. And so This is what God has reminding me, what God has been reminding me of a lot lately. And I kind of wanted to split this episode into four little chunks, four little reminders that the Lord has given me. And those are that one, I was not created to live out of fear. Two, he gives me the grace of empowerment for the things that he has called me to. Three, I must know exactly what I'm chasing. And four, I must know how to rest. And so I kind of wanted to just break each of these things down and discuss them a little bit because these were things that the Lord just has constantly had to remind me of um, over the last semester. And that I'm sure he's going to have to continue to remind me of going into this next semester. Um, So to break these down, the first one that I said was that we were not created to live out of fear. Oftentimes, I find that my thoughts or my decisions are being driven by fear rather than being driven by my purpose. And so those fears will look like um, fear that I am inadequate, fear of what people may think of me, fear that I really don't have anything to offer, fear that I am unworthy, fear of being lonely or rejected or fear of disappointment. And honestly, There could be a whole podcast episode done or literally an entire series done on fear and what it does to us and when we're driven by fear. And so this is just kind of rather than a deep dive into the topic of fear, it's just like addressing it and skimming the service a little bit and just saying that, you know, we cannot let fear force us into this mode of striving and surviving because there is 
so much more abundant life for us than a life of striving and striving as feelings of helplessness or feelings of insignificance creep in. And so the truth to battle all of these fears is to know that I am eternally loved. My sins and my shortcomings are already paid for. I am secure. My God does not expect perfection from me. I'm confident because I'm grounded in his word. I'm a dangerous threat to Satan, and I am on a clear and eternal mission to know him and to make his name famous. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so the Lord is literally telling us here that peace is what he has for us, not fear. And I remember listening to a podcast, one of Bob Goff's podcasts, um, with Corey Robertson. And even Corey said that she asks herself what she even has to speak on whenever she speaks places. And literally said that every single person who is an asset to the kingdom is also a sinner with doubts and fears and insecurities. So don't let those keep you from saying yes to God and yes to the opportunities that he gives you. And so kind of leading, taking that and leading into the second point that we had is that God gives us the grace of empowerment for the things that he has called us to. In Paul Tripp's daily devotional, New Morning Mercies, which I highly recommend, um, his intro for July 6th says, The grace you have been given is not just the grace of forgiveness and acceptance, it's also the grace of empowerment. So get up and follow. And I really, really love that. And I'd never really thought about grace in that way, in this empowering way. Like, yes, Jesus gives us grace to... um, find forgiveness in him and have acceptance in him. But he also gives us the grace to get up and do what he's asking us to do. Meaning that, yes, by grace, I've been forgiven. Yes, by grace alone, I have been saved. But also by grace alone, I can do the things that God has called me to do. He promises to equip those that he calls. He promises to supply. He promises to empower. And it is simply my job to say yes to move forward, to take calm steps of obedience, knowing that he is behind me and he is before me and he is within me. So to look at this in scripture just a little bit, in Exodus, um, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush and tells him to go back to Egypt from where he had fled and lead the Israelites out of slavery. And Moses responds by saying, but God, like, who am I to do that? Like, I can't do that. And God says, but I will be with you. And Moses's response is like, yeah, but I'm not eloquent. Like Moses might've had a stutter or something. And he's literally like, I cannot speak well. I cannot go to, to Pharaoh and demand that he lets your people go. Like, no, you need to choose someone else. And God's response is this, who made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall speak. So God literally says, it's not that you're equipped. It's that I am your God and I made you and I made your mouth and I will tell your mouth what to say and I will teach you as you go and trust. And Moses is looking at this task that the Lord has called him to and he's evaluating what God has put on his plate and it's 
huge. It's overwhelming. It's terrifying. It's too big. It's too much. It doesn't make any sense to him or probably to anyone else. And he's just not equipped for it. Sound familiar? Maybe if you're listening to this episode. But the thing is that God never sends his children without going to. Like whenever God tells you to do something, whenever he tells you to go somewhere or to have a conversation with someone or to pursue something, he's not sending you by yourself. He goes with you. And as his child, we have to understand the power that we have and our identity in him. Like if I am a child of the most high God and that is my identity, then what a freaking powerful identity is that? And I feel like we never realize that, at least I don't, or I skim over that and just don't see the importance and the power in that. And so going along with that, like when the Lord calls, we cannot wait until we have all of the tools or until we feel perfectly equipped or until like nowadays when we have the right platform or the perfect plan, like that's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for a child who's perfectly equipped, who hasn't screwed up, who has a lot of followers or the right platform or whatever. He's literally just looking for our trust and our obedience. And he delights in seeing you, his child, lifting your face up to him and just looking at him with trust in your eyes and him looking down at you and seeing the trust in your eyes. Like that is what he delights in. And that is all he wants from you. So point number three is that we must know exactly what we are chasing. So talking about fear, like we cannot let fear debilitate us or control the decisions that we're going to make, especially decisions for the kingdom. And then we have to know that God is going to equip us and empower us to do the things he's called us to do. But then we kind of have to take a step back and know exactly what it is that we're chasing. Because we're on an eternal mission here, especially when when we're talking about making the name of Jesus famous and we're talking about ministry, and we're talking about the things that God has called us to, we're talking about a mission that is eternal and that has eternal consequences and eternal results. And it's a mission for the souls of men and the glory of God. It's not a mission for comfort. It's not a mission to seek out the most convenient or um, fun way of doing things all the time. It's not a mission to build a platform or a bunch of followers or a reputation of praise. It's not a mission of never-ending highs and trips and adventures all the time. It's not a mission to be liked or a mission to be well-known. And all of these things are just pointing back to what we most often just subconsciously desire, which is comfort and convenience and the approval of man. And it's so important to just recognize the sin in our lives right there. And whenever that is what we are desiring or subconsciously desiring and recognizing that if your life is on a mission or um, is subconsciously driven by a need for man's approval, you will very quickly spiral into anxiousness or into depression and your need for status and your need for the approval of everyone around you will kill you. We're on a mission for the souls of men, like 
for people to come to understand the gospel and to know Jesus Christ. And we're on a mission for the glory of God. Um, I highly recommend if, if everything that I just said was really resonating with you, or if you'd like to hear more about um, this kind of topic going along with the approval of man and platforms and all of that, I highly recommend listening to Sadie Robertson's podcast. Her podcast is called Whoa, That's Good Podcast. And she has an episode called The Call of God with Kristen Kane. And it's very empowering and it's very full of truth on what our calling is and what we tend to chase. And so I'll link that in the show notes along with anything else that I um, refer to. But with all of that being said, know that your validation comes from the king of kings. You do not need to seek the empty approval of man. However, um, I feel like I say that a lot on here. However, keep in mind that as a godly woman or man seeking holiness, godly counsel in our lives is very, very important. Having a home church is very important having your people, having your mentors who will keep you in check, who will call you out on sins that you're blind to, who will use wisdom in advising you and in loving you and in pouring into you is very important. So yes, while we are not after the approval of man, whenever we're talking about that, we're talking about the general public or people whose opinions of us really should not or do not matter. As God's children, we get to choose whose opinion, like literally as human beings, we get to choose whose opinion is going to matter to us. And so seeking the approval of man in general will send you down a toxic spiral. But having that handful of really godly friendships, those mentors who are further along in life than you are and who are full of wisdom and really, really love you, like, seeking out their um, approval in certain things that you want to pursue or seeking out their counsel and their advice and just asking them, asking them for their honest opinions and having those people, you know, send you like, um, especially when we're talking about like going places or talking about like missions, like there is a home church, there is a body of believers who sends. And so even when it comes to doing life with Jesus, like daily, like wherever you are right now, having those people in your lives, those mentors, those close godly friends who can encourage you and spur you on and like send you out into like your classes and your work and your conversations and coffee shops and things like that is very important. And so have your people. Um, And then along uh, one other thing that I did want to quickly address along with knowing Um, what we're chasing and just being fearless in our pursuit of um, chasing the glory of God and making his name known. I did want to say real quick that um, whenever you're thinking about sharing something, especially with um, the public or on social media or different things like that, use wisdom and use caution. And this is especially one of those things where you should um, maybe ask the people in your lives in your life if they think that it is wise because a lot of the times it takes a long time for the Lord to give us victory in something or healing in something. And as you've maybe heard the saying that hurt people hurt people, um, it's oftentimes best for us to share our stories with the public or with a larger um, group 
um, rather than our close circle after afterwards whenever we can look back and see his hand in all of it when we can see his faithfulness when we can see that we've been healed and we're no longer in this deep place of pain and so I just wanted to address that really quickly and like using wisdom in the things that God's calling you to sometimes he calls us to things and maybe is saying hey you're going to share this and this is going to be really powerful in people's lives and your story matters and your story is powerful but at the same time not yet like let's wait until you are looking back at this and not in the middle of it. And whenever um, I've redeemed you from this and I've healed you from this, and whenever you're able to talk about it from more of a victory um, testimony standpoint. And so leading into our last point, number four, is that we must know how to rest. And I know that this probably seems a little bit like off topic because we've been talking about um, being fearless for the Lord and, um, how God empowers us to do the things that he calls us to and knowing what we're chasing and not chasing the empty approval of man. And then it's like, okay, also you have to know how to rest. And so I really wanted to address this because over the last semester, this is something that the Lord has really been like hammering into me. Like Ashlyn, you have got to learn this. Um, Because especially as college students or high school students or young adults with full plates and crazy schedules, um, Guys, we have to know how to rest, and we have to know how to rest biblically. Um, so, yes, last semester, my plate was very full. I was getting very overwhelmed, especially, like, right off the bat. And I realized that if I wanted to be fruitful and if I wanted to be joyful and productive in the things that I was doing in the ministry areas that I was pursuing, I had to know how to rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guys, Jesus just promised us rest for our souls. And notice that he doesn't tell us to run to worldly comforts like um, Netflix or food or whatever you think um Whatever you think of when you think of like unwinding and resting and relaxing, like those things are great, but that's not where he's telling us to run to for rest for our souls. He's telling us to run to him. And then he tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, meaning that his commandments to us, the things that he tells us to pursue for his glory and for our good and to make him famous and to tell people about him, like those aren't burdensome. And he has so much more for his children than exhaustion. I remember like my friend Hannah telling me that at some point, probably this last semester is that he is so much more for us than exhaustion. He wants us to be at peace and he wants us to be at rest in him. And so we have to know how to actively seek that out and pursue that because it's really, really easy to say. And then it's really, really easy to then pile more on our plate or just go, 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 and not actually rest. And when I'm talking about rest, I'm not just talking about sitting and doing nothing and being idle because especially knowing myself, my type three uh, head, my brain's not going to really want to slow down and allow me to actually enjoy that time of rest. And so figuring out what kind of rest is best for you. And so practically for me, this has looked like, um, I mean, obviously other than sitting with Jesus in the morning, like pouring a cup of coffee and just sitting with him and talking to him and reading his word and journaling with him, um, which is very, very restful and very, very life-giving. Rest has looked a lot like uh, not planning out or filling up my whole week on Sunday or Monday, which 
I came back to school in August after everyone had to go home for quarantine and then everyone was gone over the summer. And it was like, oh my gosh, everyone's back full schedule again and just dove right in and was literally like Sunday or at the very latest, like Monday morning, like was filling up my whole week with like coffee dates and meeting people and all this stuff, which was great for about two weeks. And then it was like so exhausting. And so learning to not do that, um, learning to say no to things without having FOMO, like not feeling like I'm going to be missing out on something or letting someone down if I say no, which I am still working on this. This is something that I've been talking to the Lord about a lot for this next semester is just like saying no to things. Um, It's looked like turning off notifications, like turning off my Instagram notifications that will pull me into social media when I wasn't even planning on getting on my phone or when I wasn't even about to like get on Instagram or something like that. And someone sends me a DM or I get a notification. I feel the need to either click on it and respond right away to please people or I just click on it because I'm literally not even thinking and it's just mindless and it ends up being the opposite of restful. Um, Rest has looked like learning to take time away from people without feeling guilty, which is kind of what I've talked about a little bit. Um, But then I also wanted to talk about, you know, biblical rest for our souls doesn't necessarily have to look like sitting and being idle. It doesn't necessarily have to look like just spending time in your, in your Bible. Like that's great. And please do that. But biblical rest for my soul can also be having dinner with one of my best friends, like getting Nuki, which is this place in Stillwater that I love to go with my best friends with Macy or Hannah or someone, or just taking a walk around the lake with with one of my best friends. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. And to me, I'm such like a qual time type of person that if I can meet up with one of my closest friends and just spend a couple hours like talking to them, walking around with them, spurring each other on, confessing sins and just like talking about life with each other and just encouraging one another. It's one of the most like life-giving and restful things for my soul. And so rest can be doing something like that or just like something that you love And maybe if it's not with other people, just talking to God as you do it, like talking to God as you're going on a walk or talking to God as like you're doing something like artsy crafty, just taking the time to recognize what fills your soul and what gives you rest and then inviting the Lord into that. Um, My college pastor actually challenged me way back at the very beginning of fall semester by telling me that I needed to prioritize time resting and time with the Lord, the way that I would prioritize studying for a test. And I remember sitting there and being like, that's, yeah, I know, I know. And just like recognizing that we actually need our time with the Lord and our time of rest that badly, especially if you're like a crazy busy college student or high school student. So all of this to say, don't run yourself dry because that's not what God is calling you to do. When we're talking about the things that the Lord calls us to, and then we're talking about feeling like overwhelmed and unequipped. If we're feeling overwhelmed, it's very, very easy to like run yourself dry. And that's not what the Lord is calling you to do. Um, Busy does not always equate to productive or to fruitful. It literally just means that you're busy. And I have to remind myself of that. So prioritize resting in him. Um, so to kind of wrap this up, um, I hope that at least one of those points was helpful to you if you're listening to this. And 
kind of wrapping this up, you know, like whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed and unequipped, my God reminds me that I was not created to be driven by fear. Like that is not why he made me. And I was not created in that way. He wants to empower me, but he actually wants to empower me to do the things that I'm passionate about and to do the things that bring him honor and glory. Um, he reminds me that I am after his glory and not my own, which has been such a humbling and sweet lesson. And he reminds me that I have to rest. And so um, if you're listening to this, I would just challenge you to look at those four things. And, you know, maybe all four of those things were what you needed to hear today. Maybe it was just one or two of them. But whichever one really stood out to you that um, you need to reflect on, I just encourage you to take that to the Lord and maybe journal about it. Maybe um, look back on some of the scripture that I mentioned and just talk to the Lord about it and ask him, you know, how you need to change your mindset or how you need to change your schedule to rest better or really just like surrendering um, the things to him that keep you from um, living a fruitful life for the kingdom because you're being driven by fear or you don't believe that the Lord wants to empower you to do certain things or um, really just whatever stood out to you. I encourage you to talk to the Lord about it. So I will link all of the scripture um, that I Uh, reference that I talked about in this episode. And I will also link the two podcasts that I addressed in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you were encouraged by today's episode, I want to ask you to pause, take a screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, tag me in it at ashlyn.beagley and tell me what your favorite part was. Tell me what you want to hear more of and just share it with your friends so that we can get this out to more people and so that I can see what has been encouraging you, what you like, what you want to hear more of. And then if you want to help me out a little bit more, I would love if you would join me in just praying for this podcast, praying for this ministry. And then also if you want to leave a five-star review and written review on the podcast app, that's super helpful. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to dive in to some more episodes with you.